0: Hello and welcome fellow film buffs, I'm Zach Droll, and I'm joined by my co-host and fellow cinephile, along with host, host spooky boy, Hunter Vanalirup. The resident spookster! <laughs> we are the box office losers. Each and every week we deep dive into the movie sphere to watch anything, to watch and review any and everything that has graced the silver screen and your TV screen. This week, we are finishing our our Spooktober
1: with Halloween 2 on Halloween Day. Bum-bum-bum! We figured it would be nice to do, like, a Friday-Saturday thing, plus how closely connected Halloween 1 and 2 are. They're literally, like, an hour after each other. So I figured that would be a nice little cool way to wrap everything up, our first, like, event month.
0: Yep, and then we got some other stuff. Like, thankfully, with our our schedule our schedules for the next uh, set of holidays which is uh Christmas thankfully our episode will come out on Christmas Day
1: yeah I know that was cool I loved how our um, our scheduling happened to be Christmas like and Halloween were just so like so rightfully timed
0: yes and um yeah so we are reviewing uh, Halloween part two today part D uh, if it wasn't obvious enough that we did Halloween one we we're gonna do this uh, this was definitely like, the, the weakest out of the eleven Stent uh, movies that they made. Over.
1: You think it's the weakest out of all eleven? You're wrong. Because <laughs> it doesn't. Because one, like I, well, season of the I witch is up, not good, ma- and the reboots are okay. But then H twenty and H uh, two and Resurrection, god awful. No, no, no. We don't talk about those. And this is also
0: timely too, because um, uh, well, I, I I still hold my stance on Halloween two being a little bit weak. Yeah. Um as well as of the time that we were recording, uh Halloween Kills uh released its teaser trailer. Oh me.
1: yeah. Mwah. Mwah. So good. Kisses, so delicious. Eat that I cannot shit up. Big horny.
0: <laughs> uh Hunter. Kick us off with that overview.
1: So, Halloween 2 is a 1981 American horror slasher film directed by Rick Rosenthal in his directorial debut. It's written and produced by John Carpenter and Deborah Hill. It stars Jamie Lee Curtis and Donald Pleasence, who reprise their respective roles as Laurie Strode and Dr. Samuel Loomis. It is the second installment in the Halloween film series and originally served as a direct sequel to Halloween 1978, until it was retconned by the, 2000, uh, by the 2018 film serving as, as the direct sequel. But, as you know from last episode, my headcanon says, Fuck that jazz. 2018 is part four. Um, the plot picks up directly after the first film with Michael Myers following survivor Laurie Strode to a local hospital, while his uh, his psychiatrist, Dr. Loomis, continues the pursuit. The cast fully consists of Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie Strode, Nicole Drucker as young Laurie Strode, you got Donald Pleasance as Loomis, Charles Cypher comes back as Brackett, but in a lesser role, you got Lance Guest as Jimmy, the, um, ambulance dude, Uh, Pamela Susan Shoup as nurse Karen Bailey who I think is the one who has the sex in the room I think
0: uh uh no um that would be Grace who had sex with the dude oh
1: she's not even cast on here weird no that's the character oh you know the character Grace I don't know where she is anyway uh, Hunter Von Lear as deputy Gary Hunter when I saw that I was like that's way too close (laughs) (laughs) close (laughs) to (laughs) me I uh, got Ta- uh, Tawny Moyer as nurse Jill Franco, Anna Alicia as nurse Janet Marshall, Nancy Stevens as Marion Chambers, and then you got Dick Warlock, best name in cinema, as Michael Myers uh, in the bodysuit because Nick Castle really couldn't come back, but they did have Nick Castle and Tony Moran for archive footage. That's why they credited in this film. And yes. then you had Adam Gunn as uh, young Michael Myers. The budget for this film was $2.5 and it made $25.5 at the box office. Hell yeah, dude. This wasn't as bad as everybody says it was, but it definitely wasn't as good as the original, and we'll dive into that later.
0: Yeah, I don't know why uh, Grace isn't um, listed because, like, when I I'm assuming that that is her name because my review does make that statement that apparently she is that, that is her name, Grace. Yeah,
1: Grace and that other um, uh, ambulance dude aren't even registered in the main cast, even though they I feel like they're more in the movie than some of these other characters.
0: Well, maybe they probably don't want me tied to it because, like, girl, because Home Girl had her titties shown. Well, that's
1: not true. I think it's just the Wikipedia didn't label them as main cast.
0: <laughs> so true, and that's pretty true. Yeah. So sometimes um, Wikipedia
1: just goes the ba- the main ones. I mean, they got Dick Warlock in there. Can't be Dick Warlock. So.
0: Uh, now, like, getting into the notes section, I'll read the first two paragraphs. Sounds good. I, uh, because I will try to. It's now. It's currently eight thirty-seven p.m. So I should be capable of reading.
1: It's all good. You got your redemption arc coming up. You got this. <laughs> uh,
0: Carpenter and Hell, the writers of the first Halloween had originally considered um, setting the sequel a few years after the events of Halloween. They planned to have Myers track Laurie Strobe to her new home in a high ri- in a high-rise apartment building. Mm. That would have been sick. That would've been great. However, I love
1: horror movies in like apartment buildings gives you a lot of free roam to run around.
0: However, the setting was later changed Back to Habernfield, back to Habernfield, um, Illinois, but at the local hospital. Uh, Tommy Lee Wallace, who served as the crew, uh, as the crew of the original film, uh, stated that no one will, no one was all well, uh, mm, no one was all that ex- excited over the prospect of a sequel. But producer Irwin uh, Yavlins yeah, e. there you go, you got it, was eager to make a second film. When Yablins approached him about the project, Carpenter was in the midst of developing The Fog of 1980. According to Yavlins, uh, he had planned to produce The Fog for Carpenter, but that Robert Rhyme, Re- or no, that's Remy, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, Um. was that uh, intervened, intervened mm-hmm. and acquired production rights with his company Embassy Pictures? A lawsuit between Yavlins and Remy. Uh, ensued after which it determined that the embassy would retain rights to the fog while yablin's composed international pictures up uh, compass in international pictures would be guaranteed production rights for halloween 2 that's that's weird fight fight fight
1: <laughs> yeah, i love fighting over man, the rights of a movie
0: <laughs> god you don't hear that nowadays <coughs> of spider-man
1: everywhere what do you mean it's everywhere it's not just Spider-Man. It's just mostly Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> the sequel was intended to
0: conclude the story of Michael Myers and Laurie Strobe. The third film, Halloween three season of the witch, uh, released a year later contained a plot that, uh, that devi- that, that deviated, uh, woolly from the first two films. Wallace, who went to direct Halloween three stated, it's our um, intention to create an anthology out of the series. Sort of, Along the lines of Night Gallery or The Twilight Zone, only on a much larger scale, of course. When asked in nineteen eighty, when asked a nineteen eighty two interview, what happened to Myers and Loomis, Carpenter flatly answered, "The shape is dead. Uh, Pleasant's character is dead too, unfortunately. Who would later be reconnected?" Right Recon as both um, Michael and Loomis would return for the multiple later
1: installments. Yeah, yep, because they just like Michael was in a coma after he got set on fire, and Loomis is just there.
0: <laughs> yeah, L- Loomis just somehow lived after consuming so much fucking ether.
1: Well, yeah, because so in the first one, it, the the first one was always meant to just be it's it, like a standalone thing, and then after Halloween Two is like you said when they wanted to start doing the anthology because of what they left off with. Uh, with Halloween 1 they had to finish it with 2 but then 3 Season of the Witch is such a different film and has none of the same returning characters it would have been cool if um, the anthology series followed Dr. Loomis like if Season of the Witch had Dr. Loomis as the quote unquote main character or the overarching character where it was like he was investigating the masks because he you know I don't fucking know they're all tied to the psychiatric hospital it would just been cool to follow like one character over instead of following just Michael's, uh, just Michael.
0: Yeah, I somewhat I, I i did not like the ending to two though. I i I'll, I'll get into i'll get more into that, because I have it in my notes and I did research about it about the thing, to make sure I was going to say the right stuff.
1: <laughs> sounds good.
0: And god damn it! All right, Hunter, uh, continue on with the notes, please.
1: So the screenplay of Halloween Two was written by Carpenter and Hill. Carpenter described that his the writing of this screenplay meant. Mainly dealt with a lot of beer, sitting in front of a typewriter, saying, "What the fuck am I doing? I don't know." <laughs> That's <laughs> terrible. He was like, That's "I wrote the mood. first one in ten days, and I loved it." He's like, "In this one, I got drunk as hell and went. They're in a hospital, and there's boobies,
0: <laughs> and there's a hydro dip bath."
1: Yeah, we'll talk about that weird shit. Uh, in nineteen, in an interview uh, for Fangoria magazine in 1981, Hill mentions the first uh, of the finished film differs somewhat from initial drafts of the screenplay. Upon receiving the script, Yablins was disappointed as he felt it was pedestrian and predictable. The plot twist of Laurie being Michael's sister was initially never planned by Carpenter or Hill, but was conceived according to um, Carpenter purely as a function of having decided to become involved in the sequel to the movie where I didn't think there was really much of a story left. So basically he's saying uh, the only reason why uh, they're related is so that it had a real story and not just you know, here's sequel for the sake of sequel. He wanted it to be somehow, like, there's a reason for it, so they shoehorned in the whole sister thing, which is later retconned, but I kind of like it, so, you know, fuck yeah. Um... He would later refer to this plot as silly and foolish, though it would go on to shape the narrative arc uh, of the series in subsequent films. Film critic Roger Ebert, who is everywhere in Hollywood because he's, like, the big dude, uh who praised the first film, notes that the plot in the sequel was rather simple. The plot of Halloween 2, he says, absolutely depends, of course, on our told friend, the indie plot, which in uh, requires that everyone... Plot. Oh, idiot plot. Why did I say indie? <laughs> the idiot plot, which requires that everyone in the movie behave at all times like an idiot. That's necessar- uh, That's necessary because if anyone were to use common sense, the problem would have been solved and the movie would be over. Hill rebuffed such critiques by arguing that in a thriller film, uh, what a character says is often irrelevant, especially in those sequences where the objective is to build up suspense. So yeah. Hill was basically like, fuck you, man. We made a movie. You make a movie.
0: <laughs> Historian Nicholas Rogers suggests that the portion of the film seems to have drawn inspiration from the contemporary con- uh, conservative controversies. controversies surrounding the holiday itself. He points specifically to the scene in the film when a young boy in a pirate costume arrives at Hablin's uh, Memorial Hospital with a razor blade lodged in his mouth. Yeah, that was weird. I,
1: I, I was so confused on what happened. Now I know what happened. Okay. You know, when the kid showed up, I was like, did Michael stab this kid? And I didn't see it
0: but, no, but the just kid he just he shows he up he with a
1: razor blade in his mouth like ah, ah, and I'm like what the absolute fuck how does a kid get a razor blade stabbed in their face and it wasn't well, Michael's doing
0: well they probably shoved it into a candy bar or an apple
1: no that it was a huge it wasn't like a little razor blade it was like a legit razor blade with a handle that's why <sighs> I, I thought not. Michael did it and I was like cause when we didn't when I was when it was confirmed that we didn't see it cause I was like they're not gonna bring this back up I thought it may have been like a deleted scene where he stumbled no, but, upon Michael, Michael stabbed him in the face, but then he turned out to live.
0: But I uh, am... And here's go the, like, with a rich blade lodged in Lodge's mouth, a reference to the urban legend of tainted Halloween candy. Yes,
1: but, like, it, it, it's... Uh, if it was, like, a tiny razor blade and his tongue, like, fell out and, like... The oh, no, you'd you be surprised.
0: They they, they they shove shit into a, a thing, no matter what.
1: Weird, but whatever.
0: According to Rogers, the Halloween film opened in the wake of the... Uh, belowing story about Halloween sadism and clearly traded... On the uncertainty surrounding trick treating and the general safety of the festival uh, of the festival uh the main cast of halloween uh, re- was, uh reprised the ro- reprise the roles in the sequel and with the ex- with with the exception of nicholas castle who had played the adult michael myers in the original film uh veteran english actor donald pleasance uh continued the role of dr sam loomis who had been Myers' physician as a, psychi- a psychiatrist for the past 15 years. I thought it was 16 years.
1: It's 15 or 16. He's 21 in the movies. Uh,
0: while Myers was uh, int- institutionalized at Smith's Grove Sanitarium, uh, Curtis, then 22, again played the teenage babysitter Laurie uh revealed in the film as a younger sister of Myers. Which didn't Curtis make sense
1: Shrobe. to me. It doesn't. They basically said uh, they had another kid when Michael was two. I was like, then how would he not know of the other sister?
0: Kurdish <laughs> uh, required a wig for the role of long-haired Laurie Strobe, as she had her own hair cut shorter at the time. Again? She yeah, every wig.
1: once in a while she cuts her hair short.
0: Uh, Charlie Cyphers uh, Ciphers reprised the role of Sheriff... Uh, the uh, le- 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 fuck? You his first Sheriff Brackett. It's Lee Brackett. Lee Brackett. Thank you. Bracket, thank you. I, I, I have a stutter.
1: Yeah. No, it's not that. It's uh, that name L E I G H is pronounced Lee, like L E E. Sometimes it's uh, like Lay, but it's Lee. Lee Brackett. Mm-hmm. Through
0: his character disip- uh uh through his character disappears from the film when the corpse of his daughter Anne Nancy Loomis. Is discovered Nancy Loomis appears as Anne in a cameo role as her um, as her father. Sheriff Brackett closes her eyes as her corpse is being taken out of the house in a stretcher. Actor Hunter Von Lear uh, heads the manhunt of Myers in the role of Deputy Gary Hunt, he had, he admits in an interview that he had never watched Halloween before being casted in the part. He stated, "I don't see the original. I didn't see the original first film." But being from a small town, I wanted the deputy to have uh, compassion. Uh, that is a citation needed, okay? <laughs> uh, Nancy, definitely not take it off of um, off Wikipedia. N- Nancy Stephens, who played Loomis's nurse uh, colleague Marion Chambers in the original, also uh, reprises, her, reprises the character and was given a more important role, revealing to Loomis the family connection between Laurie and Michael.
1: Not Would you either. like me to continue?
0: No, I, I thought we were just going to talk about this. Uh, as that's why I got confused. Uh, yeah, if you want to continue on.
1: Now, I figured we'd talk about the casting right after this. Stunt yes. performer Dick Warlock played Michael Myers, um, or The Shape, uh, replacing Castle, who is uh, beginning his career as a director. Warlock's previous experience in film was a stunt double in The Green Berets from 1968 and Jaws 1975 as well as doing a television series called Kolok, the Night Stalker. In an interview, Warlock explained how he prepared for the role since Myers received far more screen time in the sequel than the original. Warlock said, I watched the scenes where Lori is huddled in the closet. Michael breaks through. She grabs a hanger and thrusts it up into his eyes. Michael falls down, and Lori walks into the bedroom doorway and sits down. In the background, we see Michael sit up and turn towards her to the beat of the music. Anyway, uh, that and the head tilt were the things I carried... With me into Halloween too. I didn't really see much more to hang my hat on in the first film. Warlock also claims that the mask he wore was the same one Nick Castle wore. He'll also confirms that even though it looks
0: worse, that's actually pretty cool.
1: Oh, that he got to wear the same mask. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I thought it looked different. I think I made a. I'm, it's in my notes somewhere, like different mask question mark. They probably just
0: the like, they probably just scuffed it up a little bit.
1: Well, it, it was three years or four years since the, or five actually, I think, since the film. So, yeah, it probably got, they probably threw it in a warehouse and it sat there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, uh, back
1: in the day, uh, people really didn't take a lot of their souvenirs. That only started coming up in like the 90s when they were like, I want my shit. All right, uh,
0: do you want me to continue or you want to continue? Uh, do you
1: want to talk about the casting real quick? You, uh, it seemed like you had something to say before
0: oh no um like i was just like it's just cool that like they were able to repl- they were able to get a lot
1: of the people back or I mean, even if they were in smaller roles like cypher yeah. uh like uh yeah cyphers or nancy and even they got um nancy stevens back who was just in the car scene in the first movie
0: yeah she, she, she was the nurse who got like rocked pretty much when yeah, she got thrown Michael out of the Brooklyn. car
1: okay
0: mm-hmm. uh i can you read that second one i have a feeling when I, like fucking pass out if I
1: read that yeah, sure uh, the supporting cast consisted of relatively unknown actors and actresses especially, uh, except for Jeff Kramer and Ford Rainey most of the cast previously or later appeared in films or television series by Universal Studios Kramer was previously cast in supporting role as Detective Jeff Hendricks in Jaws and Jaws 2 in Halloween 2 Kramer played Dr. Graham a dentist who examines the charred remains of Ben Tramer who was the guy who got hit by a car and then exploded. I know that was I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, because at first I'm like, wait, is that Michael? And then like he gets hit by a car and blows up, and I was like, they're not gonna kill Michael that way. That's a little fucked up. For, first Turns out he was off, like just some drunk kid leaving a party.
0: First like, off, how was that like how how how, how, do, how do they how did that kid just match the costume like to a T? That makes no sense on that.
1: Cause he was wearing a Star Trek mask, but he didn't have the shirt. I don't know, dude, it was super weird, how they were like, It's the same night. And this guy has the same exact outfit that Michael has.
0: <laughs> you know, but like, it, it, was like, it, it wasn't like, like the Shatner mask. Well, it was, but it was painted white still. Mm-hmm. Like It's it was, just so weird.
1: It, it, that was definitely a weird little meta thing they threw in there, and I was like, why? Uh, Rainey was chosen to play Haddonfield Memorial Hospital's drunk resident Dr. Frederick Mixter, who was the dude who gets stabbed in the eye. A host of character actors were cast as hospital staff. Many uh, were acquaintances of director Rosenthal. He told uh, he told an interviewer, "I've been studying acting with Milton uh, Katsilius at Beverly Hills Playhouse, and I brought many people from the Playhouse into Halloween too. The, these included Pamela Swan Shoup, uh, Leo Rossi, and Alicia and Gloria Gifford. Probably one of Rossi those is. played the part of Bud uh, Scarlatti, a hypersexual EMS driver. Rossi, as well as others such as Stevens, had been members uh, in the acting class with Rosenthal." Uh, Shoop played nurse Karen Bailey, who is scalded to death by... Oh, yeah, no, Karen Bailey is the one. That's not Grace. That's it's Karen. so weird. I think, he just sa- I think he just says Grace because it's something, you know, we'll get to it later. But I think there was a nurse named Grace. But, you know, I thought Shoop was, um... I thought Karen was the one who got scalded. Uh, scalded to death by Michael in the hot tub therapy bath. Featured in the only nude scene in the film, Shoop discussed, uh, filming the scene and recalled getting an ear infection. The water was cold and dirty. Uh, They were playing it off like the water was boiling, but it was actually absolutely freezing. Fucking shit, dude. Uh, Leo and I were so cold, our teeth were chattering. Um, Gifford and Alicia played minor supporting roles as head nurse uh, Mrs. Virginia Alves and orderly Janet Marshall. Actor Lance Guest played EMS driver Jimmy, uh, who was obsessed with Laurie Strode after seeing her once. I thought that was a little weird. I yeah, was like, it was is like, he low key it, a killer? Like, what's going on? Well, well it, it, it was the Florence Nightingale shit. What's that?
0: Um, uh, it's like uh, I think like a nurse or the patient falls in love with their kind of like it's like either like the, the patient falls in love with the nurse or the nurse falls in love with the patient.
1: Well, they did that in uh, American Werewolf in London.
0: Well, like it, it's it, it's titled as the Florence Nightingale story. Yeah, because
1: I think that was from um one of the books or something.
0: Yes. I'll look it up, though, just in case.
1: Yeah. Um, the last Starfighter director, Nick Castle, stated in an interview, When I was assigned to the film, Lance Guest was the first name I wrote down on a list for Alex after seeing him cast in Halloween 2. Castle adds, He possessed all the qualities I wanted in a character to express on screen, a kind of innocent shyness, yet determination. Uh, future Saturday Night Live and Wayne's World star Dana Carvey also appears briefly in a non-speaking role, wearing a blue baseball cap and receiving instructions from the TV reporter. Really? Carvey originally had a, a bit of a bigger role, uh, including some speaking scene, uh, some speaking scenes, but before his scenes were ultimately cut, mostly from the film. I didn't know Danny Carvey was in this. That's really cool. Okay, I didn't even, so the, I didn't even recognize him.
0: So the so the Florence and Nightingale thing is pretty much like that. Like the doctor falls in love with the patient. Mm, gotcha, gotcha.
1: I mean, you like you said uh, last episode. You said uh, Laurie Strode's a smoke show, and sure, but. He sees her knocked out, drugged up, and then chased by a murderer. <laughs> and then I think he gets killed, right?
0: Uh, I think so. Or he gets just...
1: stabbed in the back by baby scissors and then dies. <laughs> <laughs> just by baby scissors, cool. Yeah, I have baby scissors somewhere in there. He gets stabbed by baby scissors and picked up. I'm like, how strong is Michael that he could pick someone up with the baby scissors? It's the God scissors. I, hey.
0: I mentioned that on that, pretty much, like, Michael has the weakest, like, off-kills. Or, like, off-camera kills or on-camera kills in, like, slasher history.
1: He's got some decent ones, but it's
0: because They're he's... not as good as, like, Friday the 13th for Nightmare on Elm well, Street. Well, that's
1: because those characters are represented as inhuman while Michael is supposed to be human until, like, 4, 5, and 6. That's when the kills get a little bit more extreme. <laughs> Mostly it's him just, like, stabbing people or, like, stabbing people. <laughs> Or choking him. Mean, he likes to choke people. Uh, Halloween executive producers Erwin Yablins and Akkad I'm not even going to pronounce your first name, bud. Sorry, I did it last time. Invested heavily in the sequel, boasting a much, uh, much larger budget than its pre- predecessor, which is $2.5 million, which I discussed earlier, uh, compared to only 300, uh, 320000 from the original. Italian producer Dino Di L- uh assisted in financing the film. Uh, there was a discussion of filming... Oh, no. Halloween 2 in 3D, but Hill said uh, we investigated a 3D pro- We investigated a number of 3D processes, but there were far too many expenses for this particular project. Also, most of the projects we do involve a lot of night shooting. Evil lurks at night. It's hard to do that in 3D. Dean um, Cundey, the director of photography on the first film, reprised his role as cinematographer, opting to um, opting out of shooting to- Toby Hopper's Poltergeist of 1982 as he felt loyalty to Carpenter and Hill. What were we gonna say? Fuck.
0: Jesus, you backed out of Poltergeist to film this.
1: I mean, well, actually, he, that's he, he good. said because he felt loyalty.
0: But also, that's kind of smart, because wasn't it like the, the Poltergeist set, like, cursed, and everyone got, like, fucked with?
1: Ah, uh, I think so. I think it was, like... It, it got so, like, tense. Uh, maybe we'll cover Poltergeist at some point. But it got, like, so tense that um everyone in the film started to think that, like, everything was legit haunted. And also, um...
0: Uh, they said it's hard to do... Uh, 3D at night. Uh, Friday the Thirteenth Three. Well, that this was, was a 3D. also this
1: was also in 1981. I think. Um, Friday the Thirteenth Three came out like ninety something. Okay. You got to think a whole ten years later, the 3D stuff would be better. Um, you can uh, fact check on um what that what the actual uh, time is later.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'll continue about. on. Uh, most of the film was shot at Morningside Hospital in Los Angeles, California, and Pasadena Community Hospital in. Pasadena. Oh, man. Big surprise. (laughs) Uh, 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 Rosenthal. Rosalintha, right? Rosenthal. Rosenthal, sorry. Rosenthal recalled filming at Pasadena Community Hospital at beginning uh, and being um, extraordinarily difficult due to the proximity to an airport...
1: Which uh, disturbed shooting frequently due to the incoming airport. Oh, that'd be fucking aggravating. You're shooting a movie, and you get the perfect scene, and then all of a sudden, boom! Not cool.
0: (laughs) I'd be like, no! (laughs) Reluctant to extend his involvement in the film, Carpenter refused to to direct and originally approached Tommy Lee Wallace, the arc director from the original Halloween, to take the helm. Carpenter told one interviewer, I made that film once, and I really don't want to do it again. After Wallace declined, Carpenter chose Rosenthal a and, and relatively unknown and unexpected an un- unexperienced director, sorry, uh, which uh, previous credits included episodes of television series, "Secrets of the Mid of the... What Midland is that?
1: Midland Heist. Midland Heist, he- Midland Heist. Heist.
0: thank you. 1980-1981, uh, Rosenthal was chosen to direct based on a short film he had made, The Toyer, while a student at the American Film Institute. Uh, Hill also considered directing at one point, but did not want to ap- uh, appear as a just a uh, protege of Cody. I
1: mean, protege. And That's everyone
0: a deep did cut for Zack
1: and Cody references right there
0: everyone didn't want to do
1: anything man everyone was like why are we making this film and rosenthal was like i get to direct a horror movie yay and everyone's like why
0: (laughs) why why are we doing a part two part one ended well we just leave it on a
1: cliffhanger God damn it. Oh, man, Hollywood can't have cliffhangers. What do you mean?
0: Listen, uh, we still have the cliffhanger of the freaking Hacksaw story from the first one when the freaking like, when the graveyard attendant didn't finish his the story. Damn. There's a cliffhanger there. You know
1: what you should do? You should make a fan film of the Hacksaw story and that. finish it up.
0: <laughs> That's pretty much what... The,
1: I could just make that into the film I was writing before. <laughs> No no, don't finish the Hacksaw story. Make the hacksaw make the Hacksaw movie.
0: Jesus Christ. <laughs>
1: um, stylistically, Rosendahl attempted to recreate the elements and themes from the original film, stating conceptually, it's not at all my film. It's a continuation of John Carpenter and Deborah Hill's film. But in execution, it's my vision. Halloween 2 opens with the title sequence zooming in on a jack-o'-lantern that splits in half to reveal a human skull. A reference to the original title sequence, which featured a similar zoom in to an eye of Jack-o-Lantern. The first scene of the film is presented through a first-person camera format in which a voyeuristic Michael Myers enters an elderly couple's home and steals a knife from the kitchen. Mm -hmm. Rosenthal attempts to uh, reproduce the jump scenes present in Halloween, but does not film Michael uh, on the periphery, which is where he appeared in many of the scenes on the original. Under Rosenthal's direction... Myers is the center feature of the majority of the scenes. Rosenthal also stated that he attempted to replicate the vision uh, the visual elements of the previous films until we, the audience, get to the hospital. Once we're there, uh, he said, I got a certain freedom, long corridors, moody dark lighting, and all that. In an interview with Luke Ford, Rosenthal explains, the first movie I ever did, Halloween 2, was a sequel, but it was supposed to be a direct continuation. It started one minute after the first movie ended. Uh, you have to try hard to maintain the style of the first film. I wanted to make it feel like a two-parter you have uh, the responsibility and the restraints of the style that it's been set Uh, it was the same crew my philosophy was to do more of a thriller than an actual slasher film which does come off more as a thriller you're more in like suspense on like what's happening around than you are with the actual kills like i was more concerned that the hospital wasn't going to be able to run after michael was done with it and then you know it's kind of true
0: i i I just want i I want to talk about him like going into the old folks house Gerald, are you sleeping again?
1: Okay. Apparently that old lady is supposed to be like, come back in Halloween Kills or some shit.
0: She no fucking way.
1: Yeah, apparently um that lady or at least somebody who was dressed up like that lady was seen on set of Halloween Kills and I was like, are "You fucking kidding me?" What the <laughs> She's like, she has to be like dirt old. Mm-hmm. Well, or if you're somebody who are you looks like her.
0: Okay. Where is the knife? Why is there blood? <laughs> what the fuck?
1: Uh, the decision and then just
0: screams at nothing.
1: Yeah, ah! the decision to include more gore and nudity in the sequel was not made by Rosenthal, who cont- uh, contends that it was Carpenter who chose to make the film much bloodier than the original. Wallace explains, since the release of Halloween, horror movies had changed. There was an inflation. Uh, there was inflation involved in terms of violence and gore and what you saw on screen to the point that John felt that uh, like he was in a box he could not do the same thing he that uh, Halloween 1 has been doing. According to the film's sequences to clean up... Oh, I, I see a line by accident. <clears throat> According to the film's official website, Carpenter came in and directed a few sequences to clean up some of Rosendahl's works. One reviewer of the film notes Carpenter... Uh, notes that Carpenter, concerned that the picture would have been deemed too tame by the slasher audience, refilmed several death scenes with much more gore. <clears throat> when asked about his role about in... Di- di- huh?
0: I know which one he's exactly talking about, which kind of pissed me off.
1: Oh, yeah. You can talk about that after I finish the quote. When I asked about his role in directing the process, Carpenter told an interviewer, that's a long, long story. There was a project I got involved in, and as a result of several different uh, kinds of pressure, I had no influence over the direction of the film. I had an influence in the post-production. I saw a rough cut of Halloween Two, and it wasn't scary. It was uh, about as scary as Quincy. Don't know what that is, but maybe we'll watch it eventually. So we had to do some post-production work and bring it up to at least par with its competition. What scene do you remember him doing? Um,
0: it was the one where freaking Jimmy goes into, like, the examining room and then- Oh, and the blood's like, all
1: over the floor and then he fucking I'm falls like, in it?
0: I'm like, that that's way too much blood.
1: There was too much blood. She's just like, sitting uh, there and I'm like, okay.
0: Like, sure, like, it probably cut her wrist, but that that's way too much, like, blood for it to well, no, be no, he didn't like
1: cut that. her wrist. He uh, inserted one of the um, medical tubes in it and it was just draining her blood all over on, on the floor. Okay. That's what it was doing, and I was like, "Ugh, ugh, no!" <laughs> that, so that, gross.
0: That, that's still like I don't I don't think the human body has like. Oh, you have a lot of blood, Chief.
1: <laughs> God, <laughs> you got a lot of blood. Let's open you up, see how much blood you got.
0: <laughs> you probably, like, if you open if you open me up, I'm gonna bleed like grease and chicken nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bleed maple syrup till I die. <laughs> Uh, so, Rosenthal was not pleased with Carpenter's changes. He uh, reportedly complained that Carpenter ruined my career, my carefully paced film. Okay, dude.
1: He was like, he ruined my vision. Like, bro, uh, Carpenter made it, like, watchable.
0: Regardless, many, many of the graphic scenes contain elements uh, not been seen in film before, Roger Ebert claims. Nice. This movie has the first close-up, I can remember, of a... What? D. A hyperdermiviol being inserted into an eye. Oh, that, I wow, hated that yeah. one. Hated that one. I was like, no,
1: no. The film is
0: also <laughs> categorized as a splatter film rather than a slasher film, due to the elevated level of gore.
1: Which is probably just from that one scene. Let's be real. <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: yeah. From from the from from the pool of blood and that. Yeah. Um. The film was principally was principally edited by Mark, uh, Goldblatt. Goldblatt, you got it. Uh, skip a uh, school, Nick. An editor, uh, an editor who had simultaneously been commissioned to edit the television cut for the original Halloween, was intended by Carpenter was intended by Carpenter and Hill to view the cut of Halloween two at the same time. School Nick and Carpenter spent a weekend editing Goldblatt's cut of the film. Ultimately, um, was that a, 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 a accessing accessing around 14 minutes during this editing process? Carpenter really realized. That an unsolved plot hole was presented. It was unclear as to how Michael Meyer was able to track Lori to the hospital. To resolve he followed,
1: this, Carpenter. He, he followed um, somebody? I don't know, Loomis maybe? Uh, I think he followed Loomis. To resolve
0: this, Carpenter shot a sequence featuring a young boy walking on the streets with a portable radio playing a news broadcast uh, concerning the murders and Lori's whereabouts. As there the boy walks along, he accidentally bumps into Michael. And resumes walking. According to Warlock, Carpenter also shot the close-up footage of Michael during a burning body, shown at the film's conclusion, as well as the murder sequence of Anne Bur- of Anne Burnett, well, Burner, a teenager who was killed by Michael early in the film.
1: I don't remember her at all, but yeah, yeah.
0: Oh no, wait, she was the one that was uh that that ran out after she heard the the, the old woman scream. Oh, maybe yeah. Uh, the the uh, to advertise Halloween two Universal printed a poster that featured a skull uh, superimposed superimposed thank you onto a pumpkin. The imagery is described by film historians as uh, socialist Robert Roger E. Capus an unmaskable horror modfi- mo- motif. Capus uh, points out. Uh, that by nineteen eighty one horror had become a genre non non grata yeah gratata, with,
1: grata-ta
0: <laughs> with, with, with with critics. The effect of this can be seen in the uh, disturbed promo distributor thank distributor. you the, the distributor's promotion of the film as a as a horror while at the same time stressing that the sequel, uh, like its predecessor, was more was more of a quality suspense film than a slice and dice horror film used for the tagline more of more of the night um he came home a motive version of the original halloween tagline hoped to accomplish the same task and it really didn't nah, it didn't um, do you want to do you want to hit us off with the last paragraph um yes
1: uh, where is it? The theatrical, uh, the theatrical distribution. distribution rights to Halloween 2 were sold to Universal Pictures. Universal released the film on October 30th, 1981 in the United States. The film grossed $7,446,508 on its opening weekend. While the gross earnings of the sequel paled in comparison to the original's $47 million opening weekend, it was a success in its own right, exceeding an earning of other films in the same genre, um in 1981, with Friday the 13th Part 2 only making $27.1 million overall. Omen 3, Final Conflict with $20 million, and The Howling, which is a werewolf movie, in uh, for $18 million. Uh, Halloween 2 was a box office success, becoming the second highest grossing horror film in 1981 behind an American werewolf in London. Fuck yeah. Internationally, uh, yeah. excuse me, Halloween 2 was released throughout Europe, but it was banned in West Germany and Iceland due to graphic na- violence and nudity. A later 1986 release of the home video was banned in Norway. The film was shown in Canada, Australia, and Philippines in Japan as well. So here's a little fun spooky thing that was um, I found while digging up some dirt. So this is a little article titled "The Halloween Two Murders." I don't know if you know about the Zeki boy, but I'm gonna give you some. Give I some do days. not. So there was an incident with minor connections to the film, heightened uh, attitudes about the potent effect of media violence on younger people. On December 7th, 1982, uh, Richard Delmer Boyer of Mo- of El Monte, California, murdered Francis and Elizabeth Harbitz, an elderly couple in Fullerton, California, leading to the trial People v. Boyer of 1989. The couple were stabbed 43 times by Boyer. According to the trial transcript, Boyer's defense was that he suffered from hallucinations in the Harbitz residence brought on by the movie Halloween two, which the defendant had seen under the influence of PCP, marijuana, and alcohol. So you should really say... He, uh, PCP marijuana and alcohol is a bad thing, not the horror movie, but, you know, I digress. Yeah. The film was played for the jury, and a psychopharmaceuticalologist pointed out various similarities between its scenes and the visions defendant described. Boyer was found guilty and sentenced to death, because he should be. Uh, the incident became known as the Halloween Two Murders and was featured in a short segment on TNT's Monster Vision, hosted by film critic Joe Bob Briggs. Oh, Joe Bob does the, um, does the shutter stuff. He has his own show. Uh, following the trial, moral critics came to the defense of horror films and rejected calls to ban them. Tom M. Sipos, for instance, stated, It would be silly, after all, to ban horror films just because Boyer claims that he, um, thought that he was reenacting Halloween 2." ordered banned cars because Texas housewife, Clara Harris, intentionally ran down and killed her husband. Nor does it make any sense to ban otherwise useful items such as drugs or guns be- just because some individuals misuse them. So yeah, this guy was on PCP, marijuana, and alcohol and killed his neighbors because he watched the movie and was trying to re- uh, reenact some of the scenes. I was like, that's fucking ridiculous.
0: <laughs> that's, I, uh, essentially, it's, it's drugs that did it not... The movie. Yeah, but... and this is
1: basically where um, the whole like media violence like really started up. Like, oh, Halloween movies breed serial killers. It's actually uh, known to be not true. There's actually a study that says if you watch more horror movies, you're less violent because the catharsis comes from watching the film rather than committing crimes. Yeah. Which is really cool. Uh,
0: now on to our plot, though, guys. Plot, we plot, are... plot. Man, it's, it's crazy that we are winding down... Um, on October 31st, 1978, the same day as Octo- uh, as Halloween 1, Michael Myers is shot and falls out of a balcony, taking shelter to recover from his injuries. Michael steals a kitchen knife from a home of an elderly couple and kills a teenage girl next door. Laurie Strobe, who narrowly avoiding being killed by Michael early in the night, is taken to Haddonfield Memorial Hospital while Michael's psych- psychiatrist, Dr. Sam Loomis continues his pursuit of his patient uh accompanied by sheriff uh, lee brackett loomis mistakes a teenager ben Tr- ben tramer for michael when ben gets hit by a squad car which pins him into another vehicle that bursts into flames <laughs> killing him upon the learning, best scene in the movie <laughs> upon upon learning his daughter and was killed by michael sheriff uh brackett Goes off duty to inform his wife, leaving Deputy Gary Hunt in charge to help Loomis. Do you think also, like, the, the squad car blowing up also was, was foreshadowing for, like, air quotes, uh, uh, the, the death of Michael?
1: No. But now that you mention it, maybe.
0: Because, like,
1: he. he ben got... Tramer died in a fire? Michael died in a fire, I guess. Ben that's Tramer was not supposed to die. I know. But you know what was fucking stupid? So, he crashes into the back of a white van and the front of his cop car, and they smash and it explodes. What exploded? The back of the car or the front of the cop car? Because if the cop car also exploded, the guy in the car would also be dead. So, you it, know.
0: It, it doesn't make sense.
1: <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have to make sense, though, because it's a horror movie, and everyone comes back to life because nobody can let things die. So, next paragraph. At the hospital, paramedic Jimmy begins to fall in love with Lori. Creepy. Michael discovers Lori's location after overhearing a news broadcast and makes his way to the hospital. Upon arrival, he cuts the phone lines and disables the cars. I don't know how, but he does it. He wanders the halls in search for Lori, killing security guards, doctors, and nurses that get in his way. Jimmy and nurse Jill Franco search the hospital for Lori, who is still trying to evade Michael. Jimmy finds the corpse of head nurse Virginia Alves and slips into a pool of blood, hitting his head and passing out. Fucking pussy move. While Lori (laughs) wanders the halls of the hospital... She has few dreams in which she recalls learning that she was adopted, which is weird, and had um, been with preteen Michael. Also weird. Meanwhile, Loomis is informed that Michael had broken into the local elementary school. As he investigates, he discovers clues connecting Michael to Sam Samhain and the occult, which might explain his apparent indestructibility. But his colleague, Marin Chambers, arrives to escort him back to Smith Grove by the, uh, the governor's orders under the enforcement of the U.S. martial law. Of a U.S. Marshal, my bad. Along the way, Marion tells Loomis that Laurie is Michael's sister. Laurie was put up for adoption after the death of Michael's parents, in the records sealed to protect the family. Which, the realization that Michael is after Laurie, and being told that she was taken to Haddonfield Memorial Hospital, Loomis forces the Marshal, at gunpoint, don't do that, uh, to bring him to Haddonfield. (laughs) After killing Jill, Michael finds and pursues Laurie through the hospital. She flees to the parking lot and hides in Jimmy's car. Jimmy has a, uh, awakened and he exits the hospital. He gets into his car with Lori and attempts to drive away, but he passes out again. Fucking idiot. Uh, on the steering wheel the horn, which alerts Michael uh, of Lori's location. Loomis and Marion, uh, Loomis, Marion, and the Marshal reach the hospital just in time to save Lori, and Loomis shoots Michael six times once again. While Marion attempts to call the police, Michael awakens and kills the Marshal.
0: Cutting his fucking throat.
1: I guess um, Jimmy doesn't die. Maybe yeah,
0: maybe he he just passed out again from exhaustion. Oh yeah, no, it
1: says right here, Jim uh, finds Jimmy alive. Uh, we'll talk okay, about uh, it. M- Michael,
0: Michael chases Loomis and Laurie into an open into an operating room and stabs Loomis in the stomach with a scalpel. Yes. Uh, a scalpel. Laurie blinds Michael by shooting him in the
1: eye. Uh, while the marshal. Not just the eye, in the eyes. She shoots him twice. Bitch, how is he alive?
0: <laughs> <laughs> with the marshal's gun, as Michael staggers around trying to find them, Loomis and Lori fill the room with gas. Lo- Loomis orders Lori to run and proceeds to ignite the gas, emolting um, uh, Michael and himself in an explosion. Loomis is presumed dead. Michael. Engulfed in flames, follows Lori out of the room before collapsing the next morning. Laurie is transferred to another hospital. The television includes an extended ending while Lori finds Jimmy alive in the back of an ambulance. Okay. Yeah, so
1: Lori gets transferred to another hospital, which doesn't get brought up again because in three it's Season of the Witch, and then in four she dies in a car crash. But then in age 20, it's revealed that she faked her death to escape Michael and change her name. But in the the television version, it includes an extra scene that shows Jimmy being alive. I guess giving them a sort of happy ending.
0: What fucking happy ending can we get from this at all?
1: (laughs) I don't know. Maybe we'll see in 2022 with Halloween Ends.
0: Oh my gosh! Here are the here here is uh, here's my favorite segment: hunters mid
1: movie notes. <laughs> because it's 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 only my favorite segment when I haven't seen the movie before. When I've already seen the movie and I'm just writing down stuff that's like questions, it's it's weird. But when yeah. I'm just reacting to the film, it's always fun. Uh, so let's start off with my first mid movie note. I said reshot recap sucks. Uh, since I'm doing a double feature, or it would have actually been helpful. Um. <laughs> Next note, dogs do not like this man, referring to Michael. <laughs> All these dogs just keep barking at him. I guess because he eats them. <laughs> or whatever. Um, love how this is a direct continuation. My buddy Billy said it should have been just a three-hour-long film. It's that direct. Yeah. Uh, LOL, he got another knife so fast. <laughs> he loses his knife in the first one, and then he gets it in like the first three minutes of this one. Uh, Girl on the phone, about to die. <laughs> That's Annie. Yeah. Uh, here's my favorite mid movie note, probably. I said, people got to stop leaving their back doors unlocked. If people locked their doors, Michael would get caught so fast.
0: Listen, it's 1978, <laughs> technically. You can do whatever the fuck you want. No one's going to
1: rob your house. Well, no, because, like, if, if Michael, if the doors were locked, Michael would try to unlock it and the people would turn around and see him. He would eventually punch through the glass and unlock the door himself and chase them, but they would at least have time to run away, as opposed to them leaving the door unlocked, then he just slowly opens it and stabs them. But I digress. It was the 70s or 80s or whatever. <laughs> I said, yeah. mask looks terrible in this. What happened? Turns out it's the same mask. I guess well, we talked about it before. I might have it just, just aged. Been sitting around. Yeah. Um, what the fuck car crash explosion combo? Definitely wasn't him, Loomis. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Sheriff. Yeah, poor Sheriff when he sees his fucking dead girl.
0: His dead daughter, yeah, well. Yeah. I gotta go Uh,
1: tell my wife before she hears about (laughs) it on the news. And that's when he doesn't come back. Um, lame jump scare boombox bitch. (laughs) I, what, you you actually got jump scared by that? I wasn't paying full attention. And then all of a sudden, Michael walks into this kid with the boombox and I'm like, ah, fuck. And I'm like, oh, was a boombox. I hate this. <laughs> uh, next up, security guard blows ass because <laughs> every time he looks at the screen, Michael's not there. But when right when he turns around, Michael walks across it. Now, yeah. here's my thing: Michael must have some fucking bitchin' luck on his side. Every time Michael walks by the camera, the security guard just happens to not be looking, and Michael's not even like planning it. Michael doesn't know the security guard's not looking. Michael's just like, I'm walking.
0: It's like whenever I play a manga, i try to catch the killer. It never fucking
1: happens. <laughs> nope. Can't watch the security. Um, next note: Jimmy is big horny. <laughs> Jimmy is like super into Lori and trying to like get into her. And then one of the uh, nurses is like, visiting hours are over, and he looks over at her and winks. He's like, "No, you cannot come back." <laughs> it was good. Uh, That's where the security guard dies. I went, "Ouchie, Mister Security." I guess when he, I think he gets gutted.
0: Uh, yes, I yeah, think he so. stabbed
1: in the tomies. Um, I said, Lamau, they killed a random dude. No, How no, okay, fucked I remember up not, is no. that?
0: Um, he, um, um, Michael hits security dude and have the hammer.
1: Oh, yeah. Big ouchies. Yes. Uh, my next note, uh, Lamau, they killed a random dude. How fucked up is that? That's when the, it's revealed they killed Ben Tramer and not oh, Michael. Oh, yeah. Like, they just killed some random drunk teenager. And I was like, wow, imagine explaining that well, we thought he was a serial killer, and then he wasn't, so we hit him with a car and he blew up.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, I wonder if people are really this horny, because this is ridiculous. <laughs> this was um, talking about um, Leo Rossi's character. Um, I forgot what his name is. The other um, EMS guy. He's just oh. super horny.
0: Oh, yeah, and he, he, he gets choked out.
1: Yeah, he gets choked out, and then... Um, my next note is his hand would also look like her face when Michael was dipping um, Karen's face into the the fucking water and she starts getting all peeled up and his hand looks exactly normal his hand just looks normal I'm like his hand should look just like her face raw and peeled back but it doesn't his his hand is in there just as long as her face is
0: listen who cares
1: yeah um Laurie doesn't get to do much in this one, and Jimmy is hella creepy.
0: Yeah, I said once in it's a Florence, it's, it's a Florence and Gale syndrome.
1: Yeah. Um, here we go. He picked her, oh, he, oh, um, Michael, Michael. kills one of the nurses, not, um, Jimmy. <laughs> Um, he picked her up with a tiny pair of gauze scissors. How strong is this dude? Loomis said he's been dormant for 16 years. Well, like, uh, he's been dormant.
0: Does that mean he, he's been hitting, like, the push-ups and pull-ups?
1: <laughs> Every time Loomis walks away, he's fucking pumping some fucking iron. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> Loomis oh. comes back, he throws him, and just sits there. <laughs> uh, next note, secret adaption, bruh. <laughs> I need to get one of those bruh buttons. Just go, bruh. Um, yeah. He just walks through glass.
0: Listen, hey, it's possible if you hit it at the right trajectory, you yeah, can actually know, like you can shatter a glass door.
1: I know, but it's ridiculous. He just walks through it. Nobody's fucking business. Um, more gunshots. Is he dead? This man does not die. <laughs> she just shot him it? in the face? Question mark. <laughs> Turns out it's the eyes twice, and then I said, okay, so he definitely died. What 2018 Halloween though? <laughs> um, and that's when we see Michael getting burned up and melty.
0: So here are my here are my movie notes. Uh, from the looks of it, Jamie Lee Curtis does not want to do another movie. She, no, she looked didn't. fucking annoyed to be there the entire time.
1: Because she didn't do anything.
0: Uh, kid is fucking dead. That just <laughs> refers to uh, Ben Lo- Ben getting fucking killed. Yeah, blown up. What happened to Pirate Boy? and yeah, we, the kid
1: with the knife in his mouth, right?
0: Yeah. Uh, cool. Jimmy and and Lori, uh, f- f- the, the Florence the Nightingale. Uh, I love 1978, where kids still roam the, sh- the streets free when a killer is on the loose. Yeah, man. Gotta love it. Uh, I mentioned I, I watch this in 4K HDR with the soundbar fucking rules. Yeah, because the theme's probably great. Uh, Jimmy, let her rest and be alert. Just in case Michael shows up <laughs> Worst security system in a hospital ever
1: That's facts
0: <laughs> Every time someone picks up the phone I'm expecting to hear What's your favorite scary movie
1: <laughs> What's your favorite scary movie
0: <laughs> um, well, And I, I brought this up but Why didn't we get a, a crossover three way On Michael, Jason, and Freddy Then we pretty much talked about that last episode
1: Yeah you know we uh, There's actually a comic book crossover It's Freddy versus Jason versus Ass Williams Oh god yeah, I gotta read that one.
0: So I so this next bit of note, you probably didn't notice it, but in the background there's a bottle of bleach next to a lunch bag. <laughs> Whoever worked that day wanted to die. Um, and then for this is for the secu- nice This is for the the security guard. This dude set the standard for Paul Blart. <laughs> Facts, dude. Uh hammer to the head is fucked. Um why vandalize the Myers House and no one lives there? Or uh, no one is in there or lives there besides the dog. Besides the dog that was for dinner. This town is stupid as fuck.
1: Yeah, dude.
0: Uh, smoking in an elementary school in 1978. What were you again? <laughs> I repeat, Jimmy, let her rest. <laughs> Jimmy's like, nah, dude, got to Fuck. Michael has some of the weakest off um, off camera kills in terms of shock, which is I do agree. It, that, that just in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of blood, like. Too much blood, uh, to pull up like that. Yeah. Uh, fuck your door. <laughs> is uh, that when he walks through it. Uh, this is for the uh, the the room where the gas um, tanks were. Door went from thick wood to styrofoam in a hot second. <laughs> um, n- nice shot of blood tears, and that much ether should have made them pass out. So they unleashed so much ether into that room. That like oh, yeah,
1: know,
0: like, ridiculous. Like, that much ether will actually make you pass out. So, I don't know. And that's where my notes end. But, yeah, a fucking security boy set up the whole entire standard for Paul Blart. Yeah, dude, I believe that shit. Um, right, now, on to the reviews. We got a bunch of them from other websites. Yeah, so, I'm a speed,
1: I'm a speed read this shit until we get to our good and bad reviews. Yes. So, ahem... On review aggregator website Rotten Tomatoes, the film holds an approval rating of 32% based on 41 reviews, with a weighed average of about 4.81 out of 10. The site's critical consensus reads, Halloween 2 picks up where its predecessor left off and quickly wanders into a dead end that the franchise would spend decades struggling to find its way out of. On Metacritic, which assigns a normalized rating to reviews, the film uh, holds a weighed rating of 40 out of 100, based on 11 critics that's giving it a mixed or average review. Several critics... Critics, wow. Several critics were unwelcoming to the film's ramped-up violence, including Thomas uh, Kevin Thomas of the Los Angeles Times, who lambasted the film for its uh, reprehensible violence, uh, reprehensible content, summarizing that Halloween 2 as a reprise, simply piles up the uh, greater number of corpses. Roman Cooney of the Calgary Herald noted that this film is uh, not the bloodbath other movies of its ilk have been. Several of the murder scenes are so painfully gruesome, and it's tasteless and more merely distressing. Uh, and added that the plot is a convenient rather than is convenient rather than complex, relying on the cast characterless individuals like so many um, dominoes waiting to be toppled. Robert Ebert, we talked about what he said. Um, yes. The Arizona Republic's Michael Mazza assessed the film as a continuing part of the prominent slasher trend, noting that Carpenter and Hill appeared to be picking up a few tricks uh, from their imitators, most notably Friday the Thirteenth. Sounds uh, like you're going to say something.
0: Uh no. I did not.
1: Okay, uh, Janet Maslin of the New York Times, and in, uh, instead compared the film to other horror sequels and recently released slasher films to the period rather than its predecessor. By the standards of most horror films, this, like its predecessor, is a class act. She notes that this uh, that there is some variety to the crimes, as there are to the characters, and the audience is most likely uh, more likely to do more screaming at suspenseful moments than the scary ones. Maslin applauded the performance of the cast and Rosenthal, uh, uh, and as him as the director and concluded that this may not be much of a horror movie, but it's still uh, got a lot to offer nonetheless. David Pure's review in the Time Out magazine gave Rosenthal positive remarks, stating Rosenthal is no carpenter, but he makes a fair job of emulating the latter's visual style in the sequel. He wrote that the Myers character had evolved since the first film and became an absolute agent of evil. Uh, film historian Jim Harper suggested time has uh, been a little fairer to the film than original critics. In retrospect, many critics have come to, the rec- uh, to recognize that it's considerably better than the slew of imitation slashers that swamped the genre in the 80s. Like the original Halloween, the other uh, this and other slasher films have come right under fire from feminist critics. According to historian Nicholas Rogers, academic critics... Have seen the slasher movies since Halloween as debasing women in as decisive manner as hardcore pornography, which we talked about uh, last time. Yeah. Critics such as um, John Muir point out that female characters such as Laurie Strode survive not because of any good planning or their own resourcefulness, but sheer luck. Although she manages to repel the killer several times, in the end Strode is rescued by uh, Loomis, which we did talk about. I think we directly quoted that last time. Yes. So, you gave it a higher rating than me. So, you get to read the good review.
0: Hey, I won't say hey, Our ratings, this is one of the like, times that our ratings don't differed too much.
1: Oh, yeah, no, they're not that bad.
0: Um, Sean uh, Kohler of Box Office Profits. Uh, most dark competitors. <laughs> uh he, he gave it a 7 out of 10. Most importantly, as the only film other
1: than the original,
0: with all three, Lori Loomis Myers is the most of all elements that made the classic film so great.
1: The, and. We're only, we only paraphrase the reviews, by the way. Yes. The reviews, um, you can read the full one at Box Office Profits. It's like a huge like six-paragraph essay. God. We, we, we just give the good summaries.
0: And now, Hunter, give us that so, bad review. The
1: bad review from David Kerr of the Chicago Reader. He labeled it as rotten. Rick Rosenthal, who directed the 1981 sequel, doesn't have Carpenter's expansive, affectionate way of stereotypical characters and without it, they're empty shells, bodies waiting for the slaughter. So, like, um... Uh, who said it? Uh, David Pierret, uh of Time Out Magazine. Oh, no, um, Jim Harper from the fil- a film historian. He said, um, at the time, a lot of critics were giving this shit, but if you rewatch it now, it's actually not that bad. And you can see by our reviews, it's actually not that bad. Yeah. So, I gave it a six cold hydrothermal sex baths out of ten.
0: I gave it seven. Amazing Grace, come sit on this
1: face out of ten. Yeah, I think you um, thought her name was Grace because of this line, but I think he was just rhyming.
0: Well, like, I, I, it made me think that because, like, one, it, it, that would make no other sense for him to
1: kind of make
0: that type of situation.
1: Amazing Grace, come sit on this face. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to sing that to my girlfriend next time I see her. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> uh. So, on that lovely sexual note, just like Halloween, we are going to close our show. Zach, do you want to do it or is it my turn?
0: Uh, I'll do it. Thank you all for listening, guys. You can follow us on Instagram at Box Office Losers or on Twitter at Box Losers. Mainly Box Office Losers on Instagram to keep up to date news along with some of the amazing art that we find we wish we can credit all of them but sometimes they don't
1: yeah have... I, I try to credit everybody i can but not everybody i can find like i'll just like i'll look it up on instagram and it's like f- reposted from someone else who also didn't do it so i'm like great thank you for that if... and then i'll like try scouring the internet for it or looking for a watermark but then i can't find it and then i just go if anyone can find this let me know and then i'll tag them and <laughs> so... hey if
0: and if if your art has been featured on our instagram please let us know put your ats down in the ones that you have created we do want to help you guys out as much as you guys help us out by just providing us things to upload.
1: Yeah. With free content.
0: <laughs> um, as well as don't forget to just subscribe on Apple, YouTube, wherever podcasts are fine, leave a review on wherever podcasts are found and share with your friends across all forms of social media. You can follow me on my personal stuff at dark shadows, Ake, everywhere from Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and Hunter, where can they find you everywhere? You can
1: find me at Scruffy Moose Man on all the social medias that are important.
0: And, uh, uh, this ends Spooktober. Next month is just November where we kind of get back into, like, just plain movies.
1: Yeah, we're just watching some straight-up solid-ass movies. I haven't seen one of these movies, so it's going to be fun uh, to talk about a movie I haven't seen.
0: Is it the one that I, that I suggest? Of course it is. Of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah (laughs) true and that's pretty true
1: yeah
0: uh yeah so uh thank you all for listening and i repeat though since today is halloween that you are listening to this have a happy and safe halloween and we hope to uh see you next week
1: yeah don't eat razor blades bye (laughs) yeah goodbye (laughs) don't eat razor blades